You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows Trio programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former Trio staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with Trio. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Ellen Scott, an alumna of the Trio Student Support Services Program at the University of New Mexico. Ellen is on the podcast to talk about her career, her life journey, and her educational journey at UNM. So coming up in just a bit, Ellen Scott. It was great hearing from Ellen. She was a referral from uh, UNM Trio Student Support Services. Uh, we were able to connect and really talk about her educational journey, what she wanted to do. And uh, currently she's out east uh, uh, doing uh, work for a theater program. And we think that's amazing. So uh, again, thank you, Ellen, for being on the podcast and for sharing your experience with us. I would like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon, select one of our tiered levels. The beginning tier level starts at a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business, you can become a corporate sponsor. We will run your ad on this podcast for $100 a month please contact us for details. Again, a great episode featuring Ellen Scott, an alumna of the Trio Student Support Services Program at the University of New Mexico. We hope that you enjoy this episode, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. Starting from five, four, three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, works on the Carolina Opry Theater in South Carolina. She obtained her bachelor's degree from the University of New Mexico in liberal arts degree focused in communications and journalism and earth sciences. Her interests and hobbies include the outdoors and a passion for plants and rocks. She is an avid collector of board games, 79 board games to be exact. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Ellen Scott. Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing? How are things in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina? Uh, they are hot. Well, right now, we've been seeing temperatures of about 70-ish degrees almost every day. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, so it's been pretty warm. A lot different than the New Mexico climate I grew up in. Yeah. So are you are you originally from New Mexico? Yes, originally from New Mexico, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow, right on. Awesome. So first of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, really, we can't wait to hear your story. Uh, and we can't wait to hear how like your, tr- your trio origin story, story started. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that too. It's so much fun. So a quick look into your education and work history. It seems like you are a very, very busy person. We were just talking about the job you have currently. uh, And you told me like, it keeps you busy. Uh, Definitely. So the job I currently have, I work for the Carolina Opry Theater in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I don't like to say I have a jack of all trades, even though they kind of have me labeled as a call center team lead. So I got the phone calls that come in for ticket sales with a small team on the phones. And then in the evenings, if they need help, I transition over to the box office and print out whatever tickets need to be printed, make sure the customers get their tickets and then deal with any customer issues if need be. Yeah. So, so definitely it, running around. Yeah, it seems to, it, yeah, like we said, it really seems to keep you busy. And I know we're going to get to talk a little bit more in depth about your job a little bit later. Um, but how how is this pandemic? I know that we're kind of closing in on the end of this thing. Uh, but talk to us about your year in 2020 and compare that to 2021. Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay, so as far as work goes, the year of 2020 was horrible. Um, the theater is a musical entertainment theater, so it got shut down for almost a full year. There were a couple months throughout the year where they would do like a test opening. We'd run for a month and then we'd have to shut down again. Oh, no. And it was constantly like that throughout the whole entire 2020 year. I ended up having to go on unemployment for some of it mm-hmm. uh, because the world was just really scared of the pandemic which i mean i don't blame them Uh, and like comparing it to 2021 already i'm very happy to be back at work we just reopened the theater and just got back into it april 28th wow so yeah go ahead sorry that's okay um and then as far as like personal time and personal growth between 2020 and 2021 that was where my love for the outdoors got to be more highlighted in 2020 because i had so much time off work Mm -hmm. so i do have to ask this obligatory pandemic question did you learn any new skills or pick up a hobby during the quarantine um, I wouldn't say learned new skills. I would say I definitely went back and picked up hobbies I used to do when I was back in college. Uh-huh. Um, so like back in college for fun, I just sit there and do artwork or doodle things. So I really went back into picking that up and drawing again and painting again because it's been years since I've touched that stuff. Uh, then I also picked up my violin again, which I played on and off every now and then since middle school, but now I've actually played it more with being teen for the pandemic. Uh-huh. And 
since uh, kind of it sounds like you reignited or reconnected with a lot of uh, hobbies that you've held. And so those interests just kind of kept flourishing for you. Yes, definitely. Um, and then it also allowed me to really branch into my board games and play those more often too. Cause most of the time they sit on my shelf, but I have so many of them and it was <laughs> nice to have quarantine time and every one of my friends off at the same time. So yeah. we're all, Oh, board game. Let's play. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we said earlier in the podcast, 79 board games. What are your most popular ones that you have? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, like I have the standard monopoly games, um, I have like four or five different versions of Monopoly. Uh-huh. I have odd games that people normally don't hear of. My favorite one, um, well, one of my favorite ones has to be Tetris Jenga. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yes. So all the Jenga pieces are Tetris shapes. Wow. And stack into a tower and it makes the game 20 million times harder. <laughs> I can only imagine with the uh, odd Tetris pieces on it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, I have a bunch of other games. Like I have uh, a newer game that came out during the pandemic. I think it came out during the pandemic or close to it called Here to Slay. And mm. it's, you're taking a Dungeons and Dragons game character. Uh-huh. And you're just trying to collect an army of them to defeat a dragon. Yeah. So that's, that sounds very interesting. So you have a good mix of, of eclectic games. Oh, definitely. And I try to stay away from like your generic games you see at like Walmart. That's like Yahtzee or Sorry Trouble. Like I stay away from those games. I mean, I have my copy of Monopoly. Um, I do have a copy of Trouble, but other than that, most of my games are the weird games that most people will look at and be like, oh, should I buy that? Should I not? Buy that? <laughs> you're, you're the risk taker. You're the one going, yep, going to invest in that uh, new game that no one has heard of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, now that things are kind of so on this on this end of the uh, of the pandemic, we're starting to see things opening up a little bit. Are there any things that you are looking forward to doing once things start to open up or, or has South Carolina already opened up fully? Uh, so South Carolina, it's been an interesting mix of what's open, what's not. Um, I live in the Myrtle Beach area, so that is like a heavily touristy area. Uh-huh. And- year you see it during the summer spike with everything open and then die during the winter time where there's hardly anything open Uh so during the pandemic it was very interesting to see that you still had those spikes but the limitations were how many people are allowed in at a time right right and so nothing really fully shut down except for big music halls. So like my theater, I work for the Carolina Opry closed down another theater called Alabama closed down. And so like a bunch of the bigger music venues or bigger restaurants that were venue spaces as well were the things that got affected and shut down mm-hmm. and everything else kind of stayed open. But most of the jobs out here are going to be like restaurants or clothing stores. Okay. 
During this time, uh, during the pandemic, was was there anything that you learned about yourself? Uh, something that uh, you you reconnected with? Uh, earlier, we talked about how you had this resurgence of interest in plants and rocks again and uh, playing your, your violin. Um, but was there anything you learned about yourself? Oh, so... Like one thing I've really learned about myself, um, and this is especially due to the pandemic and being home so much, mm. is I can't sit still to save my life. <laughs> doing something, I start becoming really, really sad and lonely feeling, or I start becoming very agitated. And mm. something like my roommate walks in. Then all of a sudden I'll just start like being grumpy or angry towards them for no reason. Oh, no. Just because I've sat there for so long being like, what do I do with my time now? Yeah. So I, I got to ask Ellen, are you, are, do you consider yourself more of a introvert extrovert? Uh, where, where do you fall in that spectrum? That is a good question. Um, I honestly don't know. It's been an interesting mix. Like before the pandemic, I was definitely the more social butterfly that was like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm going here. I'm doing this, hanging out with these people. Right. Once the pandemic hit and everything kind of lessened and got quiet and I had so much time off and not really having a job or school to focus on, mm-hmm. I ended up being coming more of a hermit where I'm just kind of like, okay. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm getting angry. I don't want to take it out on someone, so I'm going to hide. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're a situational extrovert that you you adapt to the environment that's just around you. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um, can you talk to us about your life before the pandemic and what did you miss the most? Okay, so life before pandemic. Um, so. I graduated with my master's degree right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And um, with, like, before pandemic, I was heavily focused on school. Uh And I was also focused on work. So it would be, I'd go to work certain days of the week, and then I'd had two days off, and that would be the only time I did school. And so when the pandemic hit, I ended school and then work ended for me. And I ended up missing work and school the most. <laughs> probably enough. Right. Interesting. Um, so we're, we're going to be part of this now where we're talking about like the pandemic experience, right? Everybody experienced it differently. Um, what was your main takeaway and what will you remember about this sudden pandemic that we had last year now that we're almost closing it out oh okay so with the pandemic um my biggest takeaway is really learning to self-reflect and Ah. okay with yourself because Ah. pre-pandemic i was very focused on school and work that that's all i ever did and i didn't really focus on like who i was or what career goals or what ideas or pathways I wanted to get on Mm -hmm. for future development. So I was very focused on the here and 
now. Absolutely. And so as like the pandemic's gone on and I've become more aware of, okay, I have so much time on my hands now. What do I do? I had to really focus on myself, self-reflect, find things about myself that I was like, oh, wow, why do I do this? Like, how do I fix this? How do I make this better for future events? And really actually just rediscover who I was because um, when you get so focused in work and school, you become kind of more narrow-minded to this is all I know, this is all I do. Yeah. really starts turning you into just kind of like a robot in a way. Mm. Mm. Because then you just repeat the same things over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. Thank you for the, for reflecting with us and for talking to us about your reflection and how that, um, you know, with the pandemic, how that reflection really resulted in you taking a, a good dive into what's been going on so far. Um, so we're going to now ask you about, you know, taking us to your origin story. What was your childhood like growing up? Uh, so my childhood growing up, um, it was fun. Like when I was super little, I broke my arm in three places. Oh no. And like, my, I remember when I got my cast off, it was like right before my fourth birthday and my dad sprayed me with the water hose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could actually move my arm cause I got stuck in one spot. Uh-huh. Uh, my family was very for me doing as well as I could in school. So, um, when I started elementary school, I actually had a speech impediment problem. Mm-hmm. So they put me through like hooked on phonics classes. So I'd go to elementary school and then I'd have an hour of a phonics class where I'd sit there and work on my speech therapy. Yeah. Um, I got held back in second grade just to help develop my speech therapy and reading skills better. So like they were really big on making sure I was doing the best I could. Absolutely. And you you were talking about um just making sure that right uh, you talked earlier about uh being held back um i was gonna ask you this follow-up question was uh was school something that you liked or that you even you know enjoyed doing uh, so school was definitely something i enjoyed doing uh-huh. like any kid there's always going to be a section of it that i hated um, for me, that was math. I hated math classes up until I hit college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely always gravitated towards school because one, that was where my friends were. Two, my dad and my mom, even though they weren't really together um, separately, they really encouraged me to continue going to school and trying my best to do it. So I always had a lot of backup to go to school so it just became an experience that i was like okay let's continue going to school let's keep growing i enjoy learning about this i enjoy learning about that yeah that's awesome um so can you talk to us a little bit about your elementary school experience what was that like Uh, so my elementary school experience was definitely unique um i started kindergarten and the kindergarten class that I was in was very hands-on, active learning. So, like, they taught me how to use a saw. 
and a hammer and they allowed us to have like show and tell and my dad at the time had a snake so i'd always take the snake in for show and tell um as the years went on i was actually in a lot of special education programs because of my speech impediment um and one of the programs really led me into uh art and learning how to take my stresses out in art so i actually had a special education class that helped me with my speech impediment while doing artwork mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun um i did get picked on though because i was a sped kid uh-huh. so i did get picked on by people um i had a very small group of friends and they were actually people in my girl scout group but because I was labeled as a sped kid because I had a special education class, uh, people would look at me a little bit differently. So sometimes I'd go home and it'd be a lot harder for me to appreciate what I was going through at the time. Uh-huh. And I, I think uh, with that, right, the, that experience, sometimes it could leave a bad mark for students. Like you would say, I'd had a bad experience, but it seems like you took it on and you still came away with it as something like, yeah, I'll remember that. And it's something that I still, I hold on to. Um, what did you like most about the elementary school? Um, so what I liked most about elementary school was probably my special education classes. Yeah. Um, the classes where like my teachers in those classes during the summer, they'd actually come and check in on me at my home or at my grandma's house and walk me through some exercises just to make sure I was doing good. still. and like, they were almost like family by the time I graduated elementary school and they were probably my biggest support beam when I wasn't around my mom or my dad. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, talk to us about, uh, you know, post uh, elementary middle school is typically a tumultuous period for a lot of students. Do you remember what your experience was like during middle school? Uh, so I don't necessarily remember my experience fully. Uh, middle school was a very interesting realm for me. Uh-huh. As I started sixth grade at one middle school and halfway through sixth grade, Uh, My mom moved across town, and so I moved with her and started at a whole different middle school. Oh, wow. And we had one middle school where there was no dress code. That was the one I started at. That was at all of the students I went to school with for elementary went to. Um, And then when my mom moved to the west side of Albuquerque, I went to a different middle school. And... Mm -hmm required dress code the cultural aspect was a lot different a lot of people were of hispanic nationality Uh and a lot of the students spoke full-fledged spanish where i had no clue how to talk spanish Mm -hmm. so i kind of got tossed into a new environment in middle school and my first year sixth grade was extremely hard because I went from a school I knew everyone at to going to a school that was forcing me to wear a school uniform, which I didn't feel comfortable in. Um, And then also on top of that, just having a cultural experience I've never seen before. 
definitely put me into a shock. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Also placed into uh, special education classes during middle school. So as a new girl going to a new school, new culture, and then adding special education classes for my speech mm-hmm. on top of that created a very interesting aspect other students perceived me so then it perceived me well like it made me perceive myself the same way in a weird way like i said looking at myself as oh i'm the weirdo i don't talk how you guys talk i don't know how you're talking i don't know what you're saying and so i just kind of started creating myself as like an outcast mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until i hit maybe middle of seventh grade that I actually started learning Spanish and started being able to have basic conversations with other students to where I was like, Oh, okay. I know what you're saying now. I can understand you. Yeah. And so now going from middle school, I know you said it was um, not an easy, well, I won't say not easy. I would say, it's very hard to remember, right? Because it seems like you were moving around a lot and middle school was really not something that stuck in your memory. It's just something that you completed, right? Um, exactly. Okay. Uh, how about transitioning to high school? Uh, that typically is a, a whole different experience. What do you remember most about high school and what were you involved in? So transitioning to high school was a completely different experience because once you hit high school, um, I went to the same high school, the second middle school kids that I met went to uh-huh. so actually made friends by that point and had a pretty well established group of friends to go to high school with um, they all lived in my neighborhood too so we all were bus buddies and hung out um, so it was a great transition over to high school and also that was when my special education dro- uh, classes dropped off and I went into advanced placement classes like advanced placement art mm-hmm. advanced placement English I was also in advanced placement math, which was a subject I hated, but I was still in it. Um, (laughs) And during high school, I was also involved in a lot of extra, can't say that word, um, outside activities. I'll go with, I can't say the other word I want to (laughs) say. No worries, you're good. uh, One of them was MESA, which is the Math Engineering Science Achievement Program. Uh Uh-huh. And that program I was in since my sophomore year up until my senior year, I ended up becoming um, co-president my senior year for that program. And then I was also in National Honor Society, Spanish Honor Society, orchestra. Um, I did track and field and also cross country. Okay, that's awesome. Talk to us a little bit about orchestra. What what instrument did you play? Uh, so orchestra, I started in middle school, and I started on the cello, uh-huh. and then transitioned into the violin because the cello was too big for me to take on the school bus home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I, yeah. So when I hit high school, um, I primarily played violin, but there would be a song or two in different sets that I'd be allowed to move over to the cello. And I learned how to play the rest of the orchestral instruments. So 
I learned how to play viola and the stand-up bass as well. So I would fill in if there were something that needed one of those because we were short on viola and bass players. Yeah. It sounds like you were super busy during high school then. You know, you've got these clubs, organizations, uh, cross-country orchestra, uh, and then advanced placement art. Sounds like you were super busy, Ellen. Yeah, high school was definitely a super busy time. Um, I also purposely tried to stay as busy as I could because I had a little brother and I just didn't want to go home and play with him sometimes. Uh I'm horrible about saying that, but in reality, when I was a high schooler, sometimes I didn't want to go home to my little brother. I wanted to stay out with my friends. So sometimes joining an extra club here or there helped me stay out with my friends. Yeah. I think that's a, that's the thing with uh, older siblings or uh, as you hit your teenage years, right? That you just want to stay away from home a little bit longer. You want to be doing other things rather than being home. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So for many students uh, during their junior and senior year of high school, this is about college decision time. Uh, Were you thinking about any colleges around this time? And did you have a list of colleges you wanted to attend? Uh, So I would say my realm of college decision was mostly my senior year. Uh My Mesa advisor, um, so the lady who ran that program, was the one who kind of brought it up to me. Um, I did develop a list of colleges I wanted to go to. Uh, I applied to four different colleges. I got accepted to all of them. Oh, wow. Um, though, then I almost had a full ride for two of them. Yeah. Well, you got to tell us, what, what, what colleges did you apply for? Who, what colleges were on, were on your list? Uh, so I had Fort Lewis, um, college, yeah, Fort Lewis University. I had the University of New Mexico, and to be honest, that was the very last on my list. Uh-huh. I did not want to go to a school in my city. <laughs> <laughs> New I Mexico think... State. Yeah. And then I had another small college, which is not on my mind right now, that I applied to that was in New Mexico. Okay. And with, with all of that, um, you decided ultimately to attend the University of New Mexico. Can you talk to us about that decision and why you ultimately decided UNM was the best choice? Um, it was more so due to transportation, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I was applying for colleges, I didn't think about how far they were or how I was going to get there if I got accepted mm-hmm. um, my dream college that i wanted to go to was fort lewis and that's all we had in durango colorado uh-huh. so when i got accepted i let my mom know and i was like mom i got accepted to the school i want to go to and she's like that's awesome but how are you getting there yeah <laughs> and i kind of like froze and i was like i don't know i didn't think of that can you drive me? And she's like, I don't have the money to drive you that far. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I spent maybe like a month or two 
really just like sitting on all of these college acceptance letters being like, which one do I go to? And in the long run, it came down to transportation because I sat there for the longest time being like, okay, I'm fresh out of high school. I don't have an actual job job yet. I'm still not getting money. So I don't have enough money to get a car or ticket to fly out to the colleges I want to go to. But I have a bus pass that takes me to UNM right down the street from where I live. So there you go. I I mean, even if, even if your decision was based on uh, transportation, I think ultimately things worked out. Um, kind of, kind of, okay. Kind of. So, uh, with the university of New Mexico, um, sadly, the program that I wanted to do got canceled due to lack of interest. Oh, no. What, what, what program was that? Um, it was an outdoor education program. Ah. Um, and it got canceled due to lack of interest. So I ended up my sophomore year morphing all the classes I took into a liberal arts degree with the concentration of communication and journalism and earth sciences to fill that void. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Ellen, we're at the 30 minute mark. I'm going, we're going to take a quick break on the podcast and we'll be back with Ellen Scott, a trio alum of student support services at the university of New Mexico. services program at the university of new mexico we are talking about her decision to attend the university of mexico how it kind of sort of worked out uh ellen uh kind of summarizing right that there was a program initially that you wanted it got phased out and that you had to jump into a new program um talk to us a little bit about that 
Okay, so um, that is correct. Uh, the program I wanted to do was outdoor education, and it did get phased out. And um, at the time when I discovered that, and I was really confused about like what I should do for my degree next, I was already in the TRIO program, and uh, I think it was my advisor, Don, who mentioned talking to the liberal arts degree section of the school and seeing if I could create a degree. Uh-huh. And so I started talking to them, learned how to do it. And then I got all of the classes in line of, okay, I think this is going to work for the communication side. So I could publicly speak. These are going yeah. to work. So I know my knowledge for outdoors. And then it turned into having to go through like an approval process and getting something signed saying, yes, we agree with her decision on this. And I ended up getting that approval process through the U S forest service. Um, so that was actually a lot of fun. I ended up doing a bunch of internships with it too. Okay. So at any point of, of your education, did you hear about the trio programs? Uh, so it wasn't up until I did my college initiation uh, phase where I was part of the college enrichment program where they would, they took you in for a week before the semester started. Mm-hmm. Had you up in a dorm and kind of had little workshops to show you how the University of New Mexico works and stuff like that my freshman year. Um, my advisor, Becky, from that program actually introduced me to TRIO. Oh, really? Yes. And usually college uh, can be an intim- intimidating experience. Uh do you remember what was it like uh, having to decide not only at UNM, but uh, knowing that you were going to be at that campus? Um, so I was a little frustrated at first. Um, when I was a freshman, when I finally accepted it, they were like, well, you need to come in and select your first courses. You can either do the college enrichment program where you come to school for a week and we walk you through everything before the semester starts, or you can just come in, talk to an advisor and select your classes. Yeah. And I really frustrated because I didn't get to go to Fort Lewis at this time. Um, I was still okay with it. Cause I was like, okay, well, at least I'm still going to a school. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where I was happy to be in school, but ha- not happy to be where I was. Yeah. So it was the college enrichment program to try to see if I'd be okay there or if I need to just drop out now and do something different. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but we're going to take it a little bit back to high school um, because I think the, the, the best moment for a lot of high school students is with the moment when they graduate. Do you remember high school graduation and what that felt for you or what that meant to you? High school graduation was crazy. Yeah. Um, so the last day of school at my high school, and oddly enough, we're in the middle of trying to plan our 10 slash 11th year anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, 
But what we did was we threw a huge luau in the middle of the school for all the seniors before graduation. And then at graduation, we all, like the graduation took place in the gym. And so like all of the seniors were outside of the gym dressed in our robes and stuff. And we were just chatting away. We actually missed the call to line up to go into Oh no. Because we were all just so excited and talking with each other that we weren't paying attention to what they were saying over the <laughs> calm. <laughs> and like I was one of the most decked out seniors. I had four chords, two ribbons, too many medals to count. Wow. I was definitely one of the decorated ones. I was also the fourth in class, I think. The Valorian was only point zero something points away from my GPA. Yeah. <laughs> the top of us were very close to being Valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing about graduation that I remember is the principal actually including me in their speech to the seniors. Uh-huh. Um, like he actually called out my name in his speech as like one of the example seniors of the class, which shocked a lot of people. It even shocked me because I had no clue he was doing that. Um, and like it was an interesting mix too, because he also referenced um, some of my artwork I did in my advanced placement art class. Yeah. A lot of cool memories from high school graduation. That's awesome. Uh- so that was kind of, I guess, a spontaneous moment for you in graduation was your principal acknowledging all your feats and accomplishments. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So let's fast forward now. Um, when you set foot to the UNM campus, what do you remember feeling at that moment? Um, I was excited because I packed up my bag. Um, this was heading to that first week right before the semester started to kind of get my feet wet and fill out the school for the college enrichment program. Uh-huh. I packed my bag. My mom dropped me off at the college campus. And I was like, okay, bye mom. I'll see you later. And I walked right off. <laughs> um, it was nerve wracking, but exciting. Uh, that was my first time technically away from my family sleeping in a different place. Yeah. Cause I set us up in a shared dorm room so all the girls in that program were in one shared dorm room all the guys were in another one and so it was like a college slumber party in a way and one of the very first experiences of that that i've ever had in my life so kind of like oh new waters get away from family for a while okay let's see how So getting uh, getting away from family or being away from family, that's typically sometimes a stressful uh, event or it can be a joyous event, depending on where you fall in the spectrum, right? Uh, but share with us your uh, college experience. What, is, what did you enjoy the most being at UNM? Uh, so I would say my friends. Um, definitely with the college experience and staying at the University of New Mexico, all of my friends I made in high school went to UNM mostly. I mean, some of them went to different colleges, but a big chunk of them were at UNM. Mm-hmm. And then 
also the trio program was something that became like a family to me uh, i was always at trio always going to all of the events that they hosted or were going to so that became a big part of me too that's amazing and with that you studied uh, communication and journalism along with earth sciences uh we talked a little bit about how you had to kind of put together this program on your own and have it approved. Um, I, I know that you talked a little bit about how, you, how that came about, but in your mind, um, is this, is this the field that you really wanted to be in, like to be in the outdoors and, and be uh, kind of this uh, naturalist? I uh, guess definitely. It was definitely a field I wanted to be in since I was very little. I was, was interested with the outdoors and trying to be in it as much as possible. Um, and as I was growing up, like I went into thinking I wanted to be an anthropologist mm -hmm. and quickly learned with my first anthropology class at UNM that that just was not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that I wanted to be more of like, a naturalist as far as knowing what plants I could eat, what, areas I could go to to find certain species of animals, what the rock developments mean, what type of rocks they were. And so I created this degree to really break out into that atmosphere. Yeah. And when I ask you this next question, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, but it still kind of at least falls in the same realm of my intended question for this next one was, um, when you were forming this degree, uh, what was your intention behind it? Um, my intention was to become a tour guide or a um, park ranger. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, during the time I was creating this degree, I ended up becoming part of a class that went and helped gather information and historical facts for uh, the Salas Pueblo missions, which are in the Manzano Mountains in New Mexico. Uh -huh. And I also was part of a internship program with the Bureau of Land Management, where I was learning to create tour curriculum for education purposes for, um, I think it was ages, I think it was from first grade up to fifth grade, so the elementary realm. Um, and with that program, I worked at Ten Rock National Monument in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I did, I went up there maybe every other week and walked the same path, creating tour curriculums, learning how to write it out and all of that. So it was a lot of fun. And yeah. they actually use parts of my tour curriculum I wrote today out of what I've been told. So that was pretty cool to know that's still in the realm. <laughs> yeah. So as you were forming this and creating uh, this program, uh, were you exploring careers options uh, during college? Like, were you exploring what uh, career fields you might be really interested in, in jumping into? Oh, I would say I actually was not. Okay. I was very focused on my studies and what I was doing. Um, at the time, I took on a part-time job at a church just so that I had a little bit of extra money in my pocket 
but in reality, I wasn't really looking for careers. I kind of had this idea of, okay, I'm going to graduate school and go straight into just making tour curriculum for different monuments or parks. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. I know we're going to jump around a little bit, but um, for you and, and graduation from UNM, that must have been a great moment for you and your family. Can you talk to us about about that? So graduation from UNM was very interesting. Yeah. Since I went to the liberal arts program to create my degree, I had a graduation with them. Uh-huh. And also had like the big school graduation. Oh, okay. I had two different graduations. So graduation was a little intense for me. I was very high stress that day. My family was extremely excited, uh, but I had family coming to one graduation or the other. Yeah. So I was like running around crazily that day, excited, (laughs) graduating, excited. I had my degree, but frustrated because I was like, okay, I'm going to, my liberal arts graduation now. And then once this is over, I need to run down the street to the UNM stadium to get in line and get ready for that graduation for the rest of my family to see me graduate. Yeah. So just a bunch of things smashed together in one day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It just sounds like a very busy day that day. Um, after graduation, what were your career prospects looking like at that point? Uh, honestly, they weren't there. Okay. Um, my career prospect, I didn't really do a lot of career hunting um, in school and leading up to graduation. I didn't really have a lot of places to branch out to, and I didn't really know where to go. Yeah. Um, and like with my career prospects, being so focused in outdoor education of like how my mind was thinking at that time the only real connection I had was the internship I was doing at Tent Rock. Mm-hmm. And so once that program ended, then I didn't really know where to go. So I ended up just taking on a couple more hours at the church until I found a job at Dillard's and just took those like smaller jobs. Yeah. And with that, I know we talked a little bit about how you found trio student support services at UNM. It was through the college enrichment program. Um, also, I'll just jump into this next question is uh, what did you enjoy most about uh, trio SSS and what sticks out most in your mind about the program? So the trio student support services at UNM was definitely like family. That was probably the most enjoyable part. If I was having a bad day and it wasn't related to school at all, I would just run into Don's office and just start crying and being like, I need to talk. I'm not doing good. And she just sit there and listen and let me cry. Aww. And like my other advisors um, that were part of the student support service program at UNM did that for me too. Um, also the tutors for that program, they were probably my favorite people to talk to. And they were also the ones who encouraged me to do well and uh, funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any uh, SSS uh, trio staff members that or peers that you would like to recognize now on the podcast? Um, there's quite a few. So as far as staff members go, uh, Don Blue Sky Hill, 
she was probably my favorite person. I actually still talk to her to this day. And then uh, Natalia Torres, uh, Tanya, I can never say her last name. It starts with a G. Um, as far as like the staff goes, they were great. They were always very encouraging and they always helped me whenever I needed it. And then for like peers and tutors, um, a lot of the peers that I ended up learning and knowing were also my tutors. And they were also getting tutored by other tutors at the time if they needed it too. Uh, so that would be Gabe Chacon, Oscar Orange Munez. He used to call me purple because I had purple hair. Um, <laughs> and then place Yuri and Andrew that's amazing so you had a great support system that really looked out for your success it sounds like definitely talk to us about what you do now so you talked a little bit about your position kind of a jack of all trades at the Carolina Opry Theater uh go into detail about what is it that you like about this job and what drew you to it at, at first uh so the Carolina Opry Theater, I got drawn to that job just because of the entertainment aspect of it. Um, I moved out here to South Carolina about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. And that was the first job I found out here that I actually was highly interested in. A lot of the other jobs were either restaurants or clothing stores and I worked at Dillard's for four and a half years before that and just was over clothing. Um, but anyway, so my position at the Carolina Opry is definitely jack of all trades. It focuses on the call center because that's where I primarily am and I'm a team lead there. So I work with coaching people if they need it, dealing with customer calls, customer sell calls, customer issues, and then I'll transition to the box office and help with ticket printing and customer issues during show loading. During Christmas time, I'll switch over to helping with decorating and getting props ready for the stage. So a bunch of different areas. Yeah, that sounds like an exciting job. And you do quite a lot. It sounds like for this, uh, for the company, um, what else can you tell us about it? What, what more can you tell, uh, the audience about, uh, what you do? Um, I'm not too sure. I think that kind of covers everything. Okay. Like great. It's like an entertainment venue and they do variety shows and then pulls in different, um, tribute shows or different bands on the weekends, but that would be about it. A lot of things are just very customer oriented on making sure the customer's happy and that they're coming to see a show. Yeah. Are you currently studying uh, for your master's or did you already graduate with a master's degree? Uh, so I already graduated with a master's degree. Uh, my master's is in science of project management and it's from Charleston Southern University. Oh, nice. Uh, and just kind of a follow-up question to that is, uh, what made you or what drew you to uh, pursue your master's? Um, really not having 
friends when I moved to South Carolina. <laughs> gotcha. I've always kind of wanted to go for my master's, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted to do or if I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I learned quickly with like the tourism industry and writing full curriculum that that's a very competitive job and your job doesn't last that long. Once you write your tour curriculum, it gets approved, then it's kind of like you're done and then you have to go and find the next one. Um, so I really wanted to branch into a different form of management. And so I decided to do project management with a small focus of event coordinating. Okay. Um, my next question is going to really apply to the audience members that identify themselves as students of TRIO programs. So there are student support services, Upward Bound, uh, Talent Search, and various other TRIO programs. What are some words of wisdom you'd like to, you would like to share with them? Um, so definitely utilize your resources with those programs. Um, if it wasn't for TRIO, I probably wouldn't have made it through my undergrad degree and they became family and I utilized their help and their support so much that it became something that was just part of me. So never stop utilizing them. Like they're there to help you. They're there to support you. Absolutely. What do you see yourself doing in five years? Five years. Hopefully I have my bookstore set up. Nice. Um, five years from now, I'm hoping to have a book or slash record store open and the books I'm hoping will be mostly focused on nature. And, and it sounds like with this book that you're creating uh, with the focus being on nature, is there kind of an angle that you want to approach with that uh, as far as like um, doing a writing on, on specific, on a specific topic or subject? Um, no, nothing that I could think of off the top of my head, just nature in general. Okay, that's awesome. Do you have any sage words for TRIO staff listening from all over the United States? Definitely. Uh, TRIO staff have been great. Uh, the ones that I personally worked with at the University of New Mexico definitely cared for every student they worked through. So I'm our all trio staff, I think you guys are doing amazing at what you do. And even if you guys don't feel the love and appreciation at the time that you're helping students, because sometimes we get very stressed, we still love you guys tremendously. And just keep doing what you do because someone somewhere is very appreciative and thankful for it. Absolutely. Ellen, it was an honor having you on the podcast. I hope you get to join me again in the future. Hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you do us the, uh, the honors in signing off? Definitely. Hi, I'm Ellen Scott, true alumni of student support service program. I graduated with my bachelor's in liberal arts with the concentration of communication and journalism and Earth Sciences from the University of New Mexico. My master's in project management from Charleston Southern University. I'm currently working as a jack of all trades, primarily in the call center at the Carolina Opry Theater and TRIO Works.
Ella, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being in the podcast and we have to do this again soon. Definitely. A lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public. A huge thank you to Ellen Scott for being on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Ellen, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with us. Remember, you too can be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Send us your information via our email. You can email us at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Once again, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can be a you too can be a sponsor of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon, select your level. We have different level tiers of patronship slash sponsorship. Uh, you can start at a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business, you can sponsor the Let's Talk Trio podcast through our corporate sponsorship. We will run your ad on this podcast for $100 a month. Get a hold of us for details. Remember to follow us and interact with us on our social media accounts. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I want to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. They are Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, and Scott Kendall. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, editor, music producer, and audio engineer. Amelia Castañeda, script supervisor, producer, marketing manager, and social media manager. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Thank you all so much for continuing to listen to the Let's Talk Trio podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode.